why do you need, you know, your spouse to be okay with every decision? Usually it's like a stall tactic for ourselves because we ourselves are unsure. We ourselves are scared or fearful. And then we we think if they're with us in it, then if something goes wrong, well, we can blame both together. So just take on. So I always coach, you know, if you can take on that responsibility yourself and then look at your fear based, because what are you scared of? Address those. Okay. What's the best possible outcome here? I like to talk about what's the best possible outcome. And then we can also go back and look at the worst possible outcome. Are you able to learn from that? If these are the worst case scenarios, there's always going to be learning curves to, to investing, right? There's it's, it's never just a, exponential lineup. Never. Are you interested in learning more about owning your own portfolio, cash flowing rentals? If so, we invite you to take our free mini course, the crash course in cash flowing rentals. When you take our mini course, you'll learn the strategies we use to build our portfolio. You'll also get to see several of our students featured who have successfully built their own portfolios as well. To take our crash course link to semiretiredmd.com forward slash mini course, M-I-N-I dash C-O-U-R-S-E. Or visit our website at semiretiredmd.com and link to the crash course on cash flowing rentals there. You may also want to join a wait list for our introductory course, Zero to Freedom Through Cash Flowing Rentals, while you're at our website too. We'll see you there. Have you ever dreamed of owning a vacation home? What if it could double as an investment property that makes you money and helps you save on taxes? Our new course, Accelerating Wealth, Short-Term Rental Blueprint, will teach you how to purchase and set up your short-term rental the right way. Learn more about the course at semiretiredmd.com slash str hyphen course. Welcome to the Doctors Building Wealth Podcast, the place where we talk about the strategies, habits, and mindset that separate wealthy docs from those who are not. We're your hosts, Leiti and Kenji. Welcome to another episode of the Doctors Building Wealth Podcast. Today, we are so fortunate to have Kate Mangona, who is a pediatric radiologist and dear friend with us. And we're going to be talking about all kinds of awesome stuff like your relationship with your spouse and how that fits into real estate. Welcome, Kate. Thank you so much for having me. It's such an honor to be here, Lathan Kenji. <laughs> we're excited to have you here. You have so much knowledge to be able to share with people. And so for people who have maybe never heard of you, can you tell us a little bit about who you are, your jo- day job, and then your real estate journey and your journey into entrepreneurship? And that was a lot. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, my name is Kate Mangona. I'm a pediatric radiologist in Dallas. I have three little girls, one, three, and five, and I'm also married to a physician a radiation oncologist who is ex- like works 10 times the hours that I work as a radiologist shift worker. So very early on in our marriage, after our second child, I decided to cut back on my day job hours as a radiologist because I also had to manage the house, the kids, our real estate bookings through Airbnb and my emotions and, <laughs> and everything else like that. And then I decided once, so once COVID hit, that's when my coaching journey really began. Mm-hmm. That's when I really noticed that I needed relationship help 
because I was expecting Victor to like make me happy. I, I was expecting him to read my mind and just kind of regulate all my emotions. And I realized that was so unfair after the first coaching program I did. And the second one gave me the idea to actually give back what I was learning. And that's when I just, I reached out to you guys and I was like, I want to interview you as a power couple to, to start collecting the secrets, collecting the gold nuggets so that other physicians can learn how other physician couples, either one physician or, or dual physician household, make it work with kids, with busy careers, with demanding on-call hours, and then, you know, real estate too. And that's when I decided I was really called to start helping other couples in their married, busy lives with kids. And so that's what I've been doing now for the past three years is doing all of it. Yeah, it's been amazing to watch your journey and just the way that your passion for this, you know, coming out of your own pain, which is often the way that a lot of us start out with entrepreneurship is we have our own pain points. And that was definitely sense for us, same for us too. And then it leads to this passion of helping others and then builds this business. So why don't we hear a little bit about your real estate portfolio, how you've, how you've managed that with Victor, and then how you're managing it now that you've done all this work on your relationship and what's changed. Sure. So it all started when like Victor randomly put our own house up on Airbnb. And he like told me after the fact, oh, yes, now somebody wants our house for six weeks and we got to find a place to live. And I was like, oh, well, this is exciting, you know? And so it started off as a total adventure, Victor just dreaming big. And we just moved from place to place, found apartments we needed to, stayed in people's lofts when you needed to. And then it he as he became busier at, at his job, I was able to focus on like the booking, screen the people, make sure they had what we needed. And at this point, we still like met everybody as they entered our house. We don't do do that anymore. And now we have three Airbnbs that we run in Dallas, not just one. And it's no longer out of our house. Um, So we have relocated as of this summer. We we actually have a house we don't do Airbnbs at. We do our three Airbnbs. And then Victor really runs all of our investments, our multifamilies, the syndications. He does that. So he's more hands-on with that. I help more with the Airbnbs, although he does a lot too. Actually, this led me to another question, which is when he first put this out there without even telling you, tell me about, you said you were excited, but like, was there more to it? And looking at it now, mm-hmm. once you've had all this ca- this coaching and you've actually launched your own program, how would you talk to yourself about that experience looking back? So it's, you know, and it's Funny you ask, because a lot of people are like, how could you have ever let your husband do that? Like, I would have never let him rent out our house or these people sleeping in my bed. And I thought that's really fun. And from the beginning, like, even though I told you you I needed coaching on marriage, like from the beginning of our relationship, I had this like innate trust in Victor. Like I never, I knew whatever pickle we would get into, whatever situation he would always find a way out. Like he's just one of those people who believes a hundred percent anything's possible. I didn't grow up that way. He grew up that way. And so I just, I have this insane trust in him that we're going to be okay. So that is not really what I needed coaching on, but look like looking back, I think, you know, occasionally we'd get ourselves into like, we'd have to find a place Oh, you know what? What it was is like I the things, the transporting the things back and forth. Um, I would kind of get upset about that, or you know, I would have more things, and so Victory would always say, "Well, just buy two of everything." 
So you don't have to worry about trans. And so that was like a hurdle that I had to get over. And it took me a little while, whereas I guess looking, if I had to do it over again, maybe I wouldn't worry so much about that. And I just, and we did, I did buy two of everything. Um, (laughs) And then, and then trusting the people, we're both very trusting people. We screened really well. We did have, we learned pretty quickly not to allow bachelor parties. Um, Bachelorette parties are okay, but not bachelor parties. And then we've also evolved. We don't really do weekend bookings in our nice homes. Um, We do month long, month or two month or three month long bookings. So there's definitely a lot of advice me and Victor would have given ourselves six years ago, you know, when we started out uh, that we didn't know then, but I think it's both alert, a learning opportunity for both of us, not just me because I was right on board with him and I really tried never to blame him when things would go wrong. I had to kick out people a few times and because I am like very good with social conversational intelligence and social skills, like I would be in charge of that. (laughs) Never in my life did I ever think I wanted to talk to people like conflict that way. I was a conflict avoider. So I had to do that. And I guess instead of being kind of like, oh, Victor, why did you make me, why are you putting me in this position? I, and maybe react, maybe I did react in the moment. So I would pause more and just be like, okay, Kate, this is, you're in this together. You're a team. This is your house. You're managing this business together. You're not just managing it because this is what Victor wants. I mean, really, since we've been doing it the past six years, and then with, you know, the profits we've made, we've been able to invest in our multifamily, our syndication deals. We've built a life that we really love, you know, that really works for us. We don't have to go to work if we don't want to. Like, I don't have to be a radiologist. I go because I want to be. And because of that, I'm reminded why we did it all. And, you know, it was a choice. It was my choice to be in that with Victor. And, you know, I'm proud I was able to do that. We were able to do that together and learn a lot along the way. So you, I I was waiting to hear that, that that was a choice that you felt like you actually made together, because I think that that is a common pattern that you see if somebody feels like it wasn't their choice, if they felt like they, that the other person made the choice and they were forced to go along, then they don't take that kind of responsibility. And then there is the common possibility of blaming somebody. So talk to us about that choice piece, because that choice piece is always a choice. And I think the very first, the very first weekend we had the booking. Initially, we had people live with us. So we had uh, like a college student or an intern or something on our third floor. And that was kind of neat. I thought that was kind of cool. But then the first time we had actually a big weekend booking and we had to move out, Victor was at a conference. So it was just me and the dog. We had to go find a hotel. And I was a little bit resentful. I remember Penelope in the bushes rolling herself in poop. She had found this poop. She was rolling herself and poop, had poop all over herself. We were walking back into this super nice hotel. She reeked and I'm getting on the elevator. Just like, does Victor understand what I'm doing? Like he's up there teaching, having this really good time. And I'm like at somebody else's in a hotel, not even my own house. I've got to figure out how to get this dog poop. Like, but then I I made it work. Like I learned at first it was the dog. Then it was a kid. Then it was two kids and it was three kids. You know, and we were st- we're still living in an apartment after we had three kids because we were Airbnb our two homes at that time, you know, back when the third child was born. But I just remembered, you know, this is just 
it's just helping my whole mind fit frame around that. Like I can, I can do anything. Like it's fine. Of course, things are painful when your dog has poop all over there, where you don't, where you don't have like all the space in the world to change your babies so that everybody can have their own room to sleep. Like we, our kids have learned how to be so flexible, just like your kids. They can sleep anywhere. They can get used to anywhere. They can be friendly with any neighbors. And I just, I feel like that flexibility has given me much more than what it would have been if we would have stayed in the same house. Yeah, I'm curious. Uh, I wanted to build on the uh, the blame because when I think about blame, I think about expectations. Uh, and when we we had an interview with uh, Alison Armstrong, who's also a relationship expert, and she mentioned uh, and we talked about expectations. So I'd be really curious to hear, you know, if you were encountering a couple and one person had high expectations of the other, um, blaming them, you know, for making a mistake or or choosing a path that they didn't agree with. How would you counsel them? What would you say to them? Well, I guess I would ask them, you know, why they felt like they they didn't have a choice, you know, or like where the blame is coming from. Um, I always like to start with like how they're feeling. Are they feeling resentful? Are they feeling frustrated, angry, you know, maybe even sad? And so we have to get specific about where the blame is coming from. They think it's coming from the fact that their husband is making them do something or their wife is um forcing them to live with their in-laws. Like I had this client and she lived with her in-laws. She, she, there was several elements, sev- several pieces to the puzzle here, but the way that they interacted, the kids interacted with the in-laws was just not the way she felt like her, she wanted. So what she had to do is what she wanted is she wanted there to be this solution agreed upon by her and her spouse. She wanted them to sit down and agree upon, I don't even know. But the, the thing is, when you have a uh, a perpetual problem, which is different than a solvable problem, these are the themes. These are problems that come up in your marriage every week, every day, maybe, maybe for years. And so you can't solve perpetual problems. When you think differently than your spouse on something, you have to deal with that internally. So I, I, we sat down. Why are you blaming your spouse for this? We, t- it turned out she was resentful because she thought her spouse was putting his in-laws first. He would prefer to live with his in-laws than her. He cared about his in-laws more than her. He, he, she didn't matter to him. And so these are all the, the like toxic thoughts in her head when she didn't have to, you know, believe any of those, but she really made that mean that he, valued his in-laws because it just so happened he came from a culture where the you know the firstborn son is in charge of taking care of the in-laws until they die so maybe that's it right he doesn't just he feels obligated not that he doesn't value her so she has to get identify those toxic thoughts right that are causing the resentment and then also you just you just keep digging deeper okay what else what else it also turned out she was extremely sad because her kids had a different relationship with her own parents who lived across the country. So there's all these feelings, all these underlying stories and turmoil. She thought he would, he'd have to fix it. They'd have to agree on a solution. Mm-mm. She just had to figure out her emotions, where they were coming from, and then figure out how to pick more helpful stories to believe, right? Like we all say we have baggage, but how do we learn from this baggage how do we create the harmonious she what she wanted is she wanted to live a life in harmony with her husband 
She wanted to, and and in it just happened to be her in-laws lived in the house, her kids. So how was she going to create that life in harmony with her husband with the current circumstances? You know, and that wasn't a discussion that I told her that she needed to have with him. It was more of a introspection, journaling, figuring out where her emotions were coming from, and then start asking better questions. So instead of, you know, why is my spouse putting me through this? Why does my spouse prefer living with his in-laws than me? Because those aren't necessarily true, right? Those are just beliefs she's holding that's causing this wall, this resentment. And so working through that. So that's why I'm saying, okay, Kenji, I have to get specific. I know the blames are brought topic. We have to get very specific and then dig deeper, unpack, and then move forward. Yeah, I think some of the really big highlights I want to make sure we pull out of there is it's internal work. It's not about having your spouse change. It's not about having your circumstances change. It's not about having the in-laws move out, right? It is completely internal work. And a lot of the work is telling yourself different stories because you have these beliefs in place that are not serving you. And it doesn't mean that they're not to some element true, but the fact is that you're focusing on them and it's not helping you, right? And so the idea is some of them may not be true completely, but then what you want to do is you want to shift and you want to focus on the things that actually serve you and then change your own behavior, not try to change and control everyone else and not have expectations like Kenji was mentioning for how your spouse should act because truly that's your preference of what they should be doing. And just because you think they should be acting a certain way doesn't mean that they have to follow your instructions, nor do you want them to do everything you you think they should do, right? You don't want your spouse to just follow around and do what you think they should. Yes, you didn't marry a robot and you also didn't marry yourself. <laughs> <laughs> so true, so true. This week's podcast is sponsored by our course, Zero to Freedom Through Cashflowing Rentals. Zero to Freedom Through Cashflowing Rentals is a 10-week online course focused on helping physicians and high-income earners go from knowing little to nothing about real estate investing to confidently buying the cashflowing rentals that will allow them to achieve financial freedom and work in medicine or their day jobs on their own terms. Our course is only open to registration twice a year, so be sure to get on the waitlist at semiretiredmd.com and check out the course details on our course landing page. This episode is brought to you by Dan Peck of Movement Mortgage. If you're an experienced investor, you'll know just how important it is to have a lender who knows how to work with investors. We've been working with Dan and his team for over eight years now, and he's our go-to whenever we need a residential loan for our investment properties. Now, if you're new to investing, you might not know this, but your lender can sometimes be the difference between getting a great deal or completely missing out on it because your lender couldn't close the deal. I did want to point out that Dan can help you not only with your investment properties, but also if you're looking to buy a primary residence or vacation home. So the next time you're looking for a residential lender, be sure to email Dan at srmd at movement.com to get a free consultation. And also let him know that you're part of the Semi-Retired MD community to get an exclusive discount on your next loan. Now back to the episode. So one thing we didn't talk about yet is why it's so important for people to work on this. You know, why why would you prioritize maybe your marriage maybe is even number one above everything else? And I know that we all have perspectives about this because we were talking about it earlier. So why don't we start with you, Kate? Yeah. I mean, if you're not working on your marriage, your most intimate relationship, then every it affects everything in your life. Even if you're one of those people who could compartmentalize well, 
It affects everything. Your career, it affects the way you react to your children or not react. It affects the way you, you, your patient care. I mean, it affects patient outcomes because you go to work with something missing. There's something just unsettling. And, and this carries over when you're not happy, when your cup is not filled in one of the most important relationships in your life, it affects everything. So that's one. That's one. You know, and the other thing that we also talk about is the financial burden. You know, when you're unhappy, you, you make, you might make choices, not consult with each other, eventually get a divorce, right? How many years does that actually set you back? If your goal is financial independence, financial freedom, which if you're listening to this podcast, that probably is one of your goals. Um, there was a blog post that the physician philosopher wrote a few years ago, and he did this example, and it actually sets you back 25 years. He did all the numbers. There's like this chart with all the numbers. And it and because of the cost of the divorce and then the alimony and then living separately, all the separate expenses, it it set this one position in his example back 25 years from reaching financial freedom. Not surprising. Plus, that's not measuring the energy drain, right? Which is really real because you need your energy and your focus to be able to create, to be able to bring in other sources of income. And if you're distracted dealing with the divorce, like that in itself is taking so much of your energy away from other things where you could be creating. Yes, exactly. Talk to us about uh, the situation that happens often with uh, real estate investors in our community where... Uh, one person is really excited about investing in real estate. Um, the other is not interested. And the person who wants their spouse to invest in real estate, you know, they get frustrated uh, or they kind of delay their journey. They kind of wait uh, on the sidelines until they can get their spouse on board. Can you talk about that situation? Yeah. And, you know, it's different for different people. Some people feel like like the emo- the the monetary commitment, it's uh, the other spouse just doesn't want to take that much of a risk or on the, some, some couples it's no, their spouse doesn't mind them investing their money. Like they're actually in charge of investing the money. The people want to move forward, but they just want their spouse by their side. They want, they want all the decisions to be made together. They want to hold hands through it. And like both ways, you know, you have to decide you, why do you need, you know, your spouse to be okay with every decision. Usually it's like a stall tactic for ourselves because we ourselves are unsure. We ourselves are scared or fearful. And then we we think if they're with us in it, then if something goes wrong, well, we can blame both together. So just take on, so I always coach, you know, if you can take on that responsibility yourself and then look at your fear-based position, what are you scared of? Address those, okay, What's the best possible outcome here? I like to talk about what's the best possible outcome. And then we can also go back and look at the worst possible outcome. Are you able to learn from that? Right? Yeah, of course there these I mean if if these are the worst case scenarios, there's always going to be learning curves to to investing, right? There's it's it's never just a exponential line up. Yeah. Never. And uh, so I think it's that wanting to be able to not be blamed and then that fear, you know, it's usually you take less fear when you're together. So you have to address those specific fears first and you can still do it on your own. And what I heard earlier on is you were talking about when you and Victor started this journey that you had this belief was no matter what happens, we're going to figure it out. He's going to help 
figure out a way to get through it. And that in itself acknowledges that fact that there are going to be challenges, that things are going to happen that are not expected, but that there's that trust and that belief that you're going to be able to move through it no matter what. And so it seems like that kind of belief would really help people, especially investing themselves by their by themselves, like, hey, no matter what happens, I'm going to be able to get through this. I and that's that that belief and trust in yourself. Exactly. Something that, yeah, we recently uh, learned at uh, the happiness program and, and also uh, at Date with Destiny that we recently attended was this word faith, mm-hmm. right? And so I think it goes along with what you were saying, having a belief in your spouse, having a belief in your own capabilities, knowing that things are going to go wrong, but you're going to be able to figure things out, right? Having that faith is really, I think, an important part of uh, successful relationships, but also success in real estate investing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, if you didn't have your spouse, you would still find a way to do all these things you needed, to, you know, you thought, well, not needed, but wanted to do, right? Mm-hmm. So there's no reason to wait. <laughs> Amazing. So we've kind of dove right into the work you're doing right now, but can I wanted to kind of step back and can you share with us, uh, you know, how you got into uh, uh, what you're doing right now with relationships uh, and what your plan is moving forward. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, back up three years when I I had originally told you guys, you know, I needed help in my relationships. Once I got that became, so I, I just started reading all the marriage books, listening to all the marriage. And there actually weren't that many marriage podcasts before at the very beginning of the pandemic. Um, and there wasn't anything for physicians like nothing. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, I was like, I've got to start collecting this stuff. And then I decided right away that I wanted to help coach people through this. I just found that um, as I was getting coached, I have, I love talking with people. I love connecting people on deeper levels. It was just one of those um, kind of talents I had never tapped into. Like, uh, um, so I decided to just run with that. Uh, especially after taking Bonnie Coos and Sunny Smith's programs. And then I took a pause while I had my baby and was present and, and I coached for, for other people. So I coached in other people's marriage programs and I feel because I didn't want to completely like take a break from my own entrepreneurial journey while I was being present with my three kids and through coaching all these women in other people's programs, I just learned, like I learned, I saw all the same themes over and over and over again. And I was just like, I have, I I've got to do something. I've got to do something, something more. So recently I decided I was going to do a couples program because there aren't, there are a lot of um, physician coaching programs for the woman physician, Mm -hmm. not many for the men. Right. I think I, I know of like one, one or two for the men specifically. And it's like these poor men, they don't get the help. They don't get the the marriage code. They may get coached on other things, career, but like, and then they also, a lot of people don't want to go to marriage counseling or marriage therapy. They think there's a stigma related to that. And, and also, frankly, I, I have been to a few couples counseling sessions and I didn't find them helpful. Like they don't have that same coaching mindset, the same forward thinking. It's so focused on like past problems and like issues. And there are a little bit of expectations they're like, okay, what do you need from him? What do you need from her? What do you... And so with this program that I've started, we work on just like enhancing the friendships. Like that's the first thing we talk about is enhancing your friendship, enhancing your love maps. And um, and we go over the predictors of divorce, you know, and I didn't come up with them. 
John Gottman and his 40 years of research in the Love Lab, uh, that's what's so amazing about it is because it appeals to physicians because it's real research. And I, when I host this program, these, these couple, I can see the wheels in their head turning because they've never been asked these types of questions. They've never been asked to sit down and do exercises with their spouse, with accountability on how to actually enhance their relationship. What is the meaning of marriage for you? Like specifically, you know, nobody goes around asking you that, you know, and then with the kid then the kids and then the career. And then you're like, I just don't have the time or energy to work on this anymore. And well, if you're not working on it, it's probably not getting any better. So that's, that's what I love doing. And I, the, the, the people who show up for my program, it's like they look forward to this program more than anything else, because they know they're going to be that working on the relationship is going to affect everything else in their life in a positive way. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, that's, I think the real key is that you do want to be focusing and working on your relationship all the time, because I think a lot of people tend to take their spouse for granted. I know that that's a pattern that we've walked into a lot. And when you take your spouse for granted and you don't put time and energy and effort into that relationship, like you said, it affects everything else. And so in in, my, in our opinion, it really should be a priority of you, yours to work on that. And the Gottmans, uh, I know you've studied under them. They're incredible. They've written so many good books um, for people. And we can put some of the links below to some of the resources because those are incredible. And then for you to have that training where you can actually intervene with people. Um, we've actually, we've been to now uh, two relationship programs with Tony Robbins and the Gottmans came and spoke to us at the last one. And they're amazing and so cute together. Um, so I think it's just such a resource for you to bring that to the physician world because and help couples work together. on Well, that. also to, to, to have that perspective of being a doctor, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's the other thing, right? We teach doctors how to invest in real estate. And I think a lot of people come to us because we're doctors, we've done it. We know what, what, you know, what, uh, what it's like being a doctor and the lifestyle and the, and the income and the taxes, uh, same thing here, right? You, you understand uniquely, uh, what a doctor goes through in training and, and, uh, and, and day-to-day work, uh, and right. all the stresses that, uh, doctors, uh, go through, uh, taking care of patients, uh, and dealing with administration. So uh, I think that's hugely valuable uh, to have a resource like you who understands what doctors go through. Yeah. And along those lines, actually, when I think about, um, we w- recently watched an intervention that Tony did with a lawyer and she would come home and she would like literally put her husband on the stand, you know, like that's how they interacted. I think as doctors, we're so trained to look for the worst case scenario everywhere. And how do we not bring that home and the spou- our spouses say something and we're looking at the worst case scenario? all the time. Our kids do something, the worst case scenario, that's the natural inclination of us because that's how we're trained. And I think you actually mentioned this earlier too. You said, of course, we'll get to the, you know, what's the worst case scenario, but let's look at the upside, right? <laughs> You're with that person you were coaching. And I think that's the, that's the thing we miss a lot. So that's why we really wanted you on here because we think that's so valuable what you're doing for people. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. The benefit, giving your spouse the benefit of the doubt mm-hmm. and actually communicate if, if they said something or did something, why, yeah. Why do you have to jump to, oh, well, all of a sudden they're, they're doing this maliciously. No. All right. We're, we're at that time of the program where we ask all of our guests uh, two questions. Uh, the first question is uh, what is your definition of wealthy? Mm, okay. Wealthy to me means that you have freedom to spend the time 
with whoever you want to spend the time with, whenever you want to spend the time with, wherever you want to spend the time with. Um, it's it, it's really, it, it boils down to time with me because I think time is like one of my most valuable resources and assets. And I just, with without the ability to decide what my schedule looks like, what my calendar looks like, I would just feel chained. I would feel res- resentful and angry. And I really feel like as a wealth, like the definition of wealth for me is the ability to choose, to, to, to choose whatever I want my life to look like, my relationship to look like with, with anybody. Amazing. And what is one mindset, habit, or strategy that separates someone who is wealthy versus someone who is not? Yes. Well, people who are wealthy never say I can't, and they never say I should. And they also never say that I can't afford this. You know, never. There's always like, okay, how are we going to get this done? How are we, how are we going to, you know, it's just always like, how are we going to? Okay. Well, I mean, and then we, you set, you set goals. So it's just the mindset that anything is possible. That's, that's what creates the wealth. Anything is possible that that is absolutely something that we feel very strongly about too. And a lot of the entrepreneurs uh, around us, we hear that as well. So thank you, Kate. That was really, I think, a a valuable insight to share. So for people who want to uh, work on their marriages, they want to make things better. um, Or again, if you're in a great space, but you just want to take it to the next level, because I think people don't realize that sometimes you might think that your marriage is a eight out of 10, but you know, that you might, that 10 actually might, there might be the potential to go up to a 20 and you just oh. don't know it. Right. For yes. people who want that, where, where do they go find you? And of course we'll put your link to your program below, but I want, I want them to hear from you. Yes. So you can go to my website, medicinemarriageandmoney.com. And on my website, you can um, get the free relationship uh, survival guide or the medical marriage survival guide. It's an 18 page book and workbook. Um, going over all the topics like uh, intimacy, parenting, in-laws, finances, all the major childcare topics like that. And and then you can have the link to separate webinars I've done on childcare, on the six predictors of divorce, and uh, how to win every argument <laughs> when you do get into arguments with your spouse. Uh, and, and then you can also follow me on Instagram, Kate Mangona, MD. But my website has like where to contact me and then all those extra resources. Well, thank you, Kate, so much for your time today and for everything you're doing for so many physician couples out there. Um, We appreciate you. Thank you so much, Leti and Kenji. The Doctors Building Wealth podcast provides information only and does not provide any financial, legal, tax, medical, or psychological services or advice. You are responsible for your own financial, physical, mental, and emotional well-being, decisions, choices, actions, and results. You should contact a professional if you have any specific questions about your unique situation.